Hello, and welcome to Ready and Newman's daily podcast, your go-to place for common questions about immigration to the United States. Ready and Newman is a team of experienced business immigration attorneys who handle a host of visa categories and complex immigration cases. This podcast will provide an insight into our daily free conference calls hosted by our attorneys, as well as discussions on hot immigration topics. Please note that information provided is not to be construed as legal advice for your specific situation and does not constitute an engagement with Ready & Newman PC or establish an attorney-client relationship. For specific advice on your situation, please contact an attorney. Here's your host. My name is Rebecca Chen and I'm a partner with Ready & Newman. I'll be doing the conference for today. Um, If you haven't yet, there is a link to a Google Sheet in the chat. Um, If you would like to ask a question, um, please go to that Google Sheet to um, type in a brief uh, summary of your question and we'll be going in order according to that. Um, Shri, can you start our first question? Yes, Rebecca Kopalu, Gauri. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Right. So this is regarding, I already posted the question. See, right now mm-hmm. my situation is I have the EAD, um, my green card EAD with my, for my daughter as well. Now mm-hmm. she's getting ready for college. And in parallel, even I have a H-4 visa uh, from the previous uh, H-1 and H-4 until end of this uh, year. So now what, what I'm a little confused with the, uh, because these colleges, they are not uh, accepting the EAD. Either they sh- she should be either um, uh, some visa kind of, right? So I think I'm clear on that. No, she can continue join the college on H4. Mm-hmm. But uh, do I, is, yeah, she, does she need to continue on H4 until I get the GC? No, it's not absolutely required. Um, you're right that as long as her I-485 is pending, she's in a period of authorized stay and she's allowed to attend school, enroll in college um, based just on the I-485 being pending. But um, you're right, some universities and colleges don't really understand what an I-485 is, what the Mm -hmm. AOS pending state is. Um, And so they will always be looking for like a certain visa type for their status. Um, It depends on the school, but if you can, um, you know, speak to an admissions officer or something like that and explain it to them, provide a copy of the I-45 receipt notice and explain that this is proof of her authorized stay in the U.S. It can usually get cleared up, but sometimes just on the initial forms, they don't have like an option for AOS applicant. Um, another, actually, another thing to keep in mind, though, um, is so how old is your daughter right now? Right now is uh, she's turning. Um, yeah, she'll be completing eighteen in May. Okay. What is your priority date? So April uh, twenty twelve. Now it is gone back to uh, January twenty eleven. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's kind of a judgment call, but actually, um, I mean, hopefully the priority date becomes current again. So was her um, age locked in at the time you filed the I-485? Last year, that is uh, uh, last uh, March, I applied uh, 
the green card process initially. Okay, and your party date was current according to the final action dates chart at that time? Yes, that's correct. Okay, so her age is locked in. Okay. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, then that's fine. You don't necessarily need to stay in H-1B or for her to stay in H-4 then if her age is locked in. Um, if it wasn't, then um, we would in that situation usually recommend that she's down H-4 in case she needs to switch over to F-1 before getting the green card. But um, yeah, if you're, if you had it reviewed and her age is locked in, then that should be fine. Yeah. I'll check with the university and see what they say. Um, yeah. Basically, yeah, that's what I can feel that I need to continue on H-4. But again, last another question I had was that, you know, now my EB-3 is a priority. Yeah, since the date's gone, gone back, EB-3 is going to be the current. So maybe I can downgrade and uh, start filing that EB-3, initiate that process. Yeah, EB-3 is farther ahead. So if you don't already have an EB-3 approval, then that would be some a good idea to... Um, obtain or start checking with your company if they would be willing to file the downgrades so that we don't know how long EB3 will be farther ahead than EB2. It seems to switch every year, but um, okay. it's not a bad idea to get the EB3 downgrade just to be prepared in case it is still farther ahead when your priority date becomes current. Okay, so, okay, thank you. Okay, sure. Hi, Kiran. Yeah, thank you. Um, Rebecca? My wife is completing six years uh, period on H1, and uh -huh. even I am also on H1. Um, I have a 140 for, uh, but her uh, perm is still pending. Um, uh, June 2022 is the uh, file date. So as of now, we did not get any approval or audit. So in two weeks, she will be completing the six years cap. Uh, what are our best options now? Yeah, you said you have an I-140? approval? Yeah, I have 140. I am also on my separate H1 and she is also on separate uh, yeah. her own H1. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, probably H4 um, EAD would be the best option for her right now. That is quite a long time for the perm to be pending. I mean, perm processing times are very long right now, but usually we're seeing about eight to nine months. Um, so yeah. hopefully her perm gets approved like any day now, but I mean, if her H-1B is expiring in two weeks, then you, you should have a backup plan right now. Um, yeah, uh, H-4 EAD would probably be the best option, although it will require, I mean, she can file the H-4 change of status at least in order to remain in the U.S., but she won't be able to work until she has the EAD card in hand. There is... The policy now that if the H-4 EAD are filed concurrently with an H-1B and premium processing, all three are supposed to be approved at the same time. So that can kind of cut down on the processing time, but it would kind of depend on your H-1B employer being willing to file an H-1B application in the next couple of weeks, even if it's not really necessary, like your if your H-1B isn't up for extension soon. Yeah, sure. Um, so do you think like um, if I, if we cut down by 10th of uh, uh, this month, her job and move to H4, uh, within one month, once the I-140 is approved, can we apply for H-1B again? Uh, will he consider or will he deny? Or... Yeah, so actually USCIS just announced something on Twitter recently. It used to be that um, in a situation like hers, if she does just stop working and doesn't want to go for the H-4 EAD, um, and she files a change of status to H-4 this month, then maybe in May at some point, if the perm is approved, 
Her I-539 at that point will still be pending for the H-4 change of status because there's no premium processing if it's filed on its own. Um, It used to be that that I-539 would need to complete processing before USCIS will consider another change of status application back to H-1B. But actually, USCIS recently announced on Twitter that um, basically what they will try to do in that situation is if you if she files an H-1B change of status again in May, I mean, she'll have to get the I-140 approved first. So that may take a couple yes. of weeks yeah. at least. So maybe yeah. June is when the H-1B June. change of status would be ready to be filed. If her company files that for her in June, if she attaches a copy of her I-539 receipt notice, explain in the application that she filed this H-4 change of status and request USCIS to concurrently approve the H-4 and H-1B at the same time, USCIS mm-hmm. said that they will make an effort to do that. So, okay. yeah. yeah. So if uh, she's yeah, okay it's, with it's, um, a gap of employment of a couple of months, if her and her company are okay with that, then that is that plan should be fine. Okay, so there is no need for us to go to India and come back, right, for us uh, to H-4? I don't think so. If okay. unless the um, unless there is an audit on the perm, because that is going to add at least a year to the perm processing time. Um, if there is an audit, then you may want to consider going for H four visa stamping so that she can apply for the EAD faster, so that you know she can at least work on h4 ead until the i140 is approved because that would likely be next year if there is an audit but if the perm just gets approved you know within a month or so of now i would say travel to india is not necessary okay yeah thank you so much it answers yeah hello hi rebecca hi uh my question is my husband went to the united states on b1 b2 visa and got his f1 conversion he was told by a university in New Hampshire that for F2, the age of the spouse at the time of marriage should be 18 and above. And my age was 17 and a half. Uh, what are the options available for me to apply F2 visa? Oh, I haven't heard that before. Um, I'm actually not aware of that yes. rule for F2. Said, according to the law, they said I have to be 18 at the time of marriage. Oh, okay. Actually, that is kind of a different, um, that I haven't heard that before. In my understanding for purposes of immigration, for all like marriages in the immigration context, generally the rule is that if the marriage was legal in the place where it was performed, then okay. USCIS is supposed to recognize it as legal. Um okay. That is generally the rule for, you know, family-based cases for any case where it's based on marriage. I don't, I'm not aware of any particular exception to that rule for the F2 status in particular. Um, Yeah, that would probably, I don't know if it's just the school DSO that is unaware of that. Um, You may need to like consult with an attorney privately to kind of see if if there is an exception to that for F2 in particular, I don't think that's correct though. I have a feeling the DSO is maybe mistaken. Um, And if so, maybe get an attorney to like maybe write a memo or a letter along those lines to provide to the DSO. 
Okay, I have one more question. I mm-hmm. also have B one B two. Can I apply for only my children's F two for now, and later do the change of status of mine if my husband gets F H one? Only yes, for my children. Yes, that should be fine. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they're eligible for the F two visa. Um, so you could proceed with their F two application. However, if you for in order for them to travel here to the U S, if they are coming in F2, and if you were planning to use your B1, B2 to accompany them, I probably wouldn't recommend that. Because, because... Uh, actually, I am doing pursuing my master's in Belgium. So, you know, I oh. have to come and drop them and go back to Belgium to complete my master's. Okay. Mm. Yeah, it may be possible. Um, yeah, if you are not eventually going to apply for an F2, the only thing is since your husband, your kids are here on F2 and you already, you know, made an attempt to get an F2 I-20. Um, I don't know if the CBP will have an issue with you trying to use the B1, B2 to come in because they might suspect that you plan to actually change to F2 while you're here. Um, you could try if you have like all the documentation of your studies in Belgium and you know your trip already booked to leave the U.S. back to Belgium. Um, you can try, but um, okay. in case they don't, you might want to have a backup plan in case your husband needs to travel out and accompany your children to the okay. U.S. Okay, thank you. Sure. Uh, hello. Hi there. Uh, Hi. So I came to India uh, to get my H-1B stamp uh, and it's under 221G administrative processing for pink slip. And uh, the day of interview was January 30th and I did submit the required documents on February 1st. It's been 65 days now and there is no response. I did try to contact them in the meantime and they said like it's under processing. That's the only update I got as an email. Uh, Mm -hmm. I just contacted my, my employer contacted me and my HR said they would no longer be able to wait any longer on this and uh, would probably terminate me from the job. In that case, what would my options be? Should I inform uh, uh, US embassy that I lost my job and withdraw my application? What if I do not withdraw and they find out that I have lost the job? Will they just cancel my uh, visa stamping or will they also inform USCIS and revoke my H-1 visa? Yeah, if the consulate finds out that you're no longer employed with the H-1B petitioner, then they won't issue the the visa or they'll cancel the visa. And they do usually send a notice to USCIS, although that notice can take several months for whatever reason for USCIS to receive. If you are terminated by your H-1B employer, then yeah, I would say probably the best route is to contact the consulate to withdraw it um, and let them know that you can't pursue this H-1B visa anymore because you're no longer employed with the company. Um, And then, yeah, unfortunately, the only options from there are if there's another company out there that's willing to sponsor your H-1B for consular processing, they could apply for that with USCIS and premium processing. And then once it's approved, you could apply through the consulate again, do a new DS-160 and apply for the visa stamp based on a new employer's H-1B petition. Um, but that would can be your main option if your current employer does end up terminating you, unless you have 
like the option of H4 or something like that? Uh, I do not have any option of H4. However, someone said me I have six years of time. Uh, once my H1 is started in uh, United States, it just started in uh, last year, October. Uh, okay. So mm -hmm. I would have six six years of time to find another employer and file H1, do DS-160 and go for stamping. But my concern was if my, my uh, consulate finds that I lost my job and if they uh, cancel my stamping and if they send it to USCIS, uh, that would result uh, in revocation of H1, right? So that means will I still have the six month, six year period along with me if USCIS cancels my H1? Yeah. So you were employed with this company in the US in October, right? And then you just departed for a trip and to get the visa stamping? Yeah, I came in December. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. So even if the uh, H1B application was withdrawn, the company probably will withdraw it on their side anyway, even before USCIS finds out from the consulate. Um, the company probably will send in a notice to USCIS once you're no longer employed with them, they'll withdraw it. Um, but you'll still be considered counted in the cap since you were in H-1B status in the U.S. for at least one day. That's all you need. And actually, it's not limited to six years. It, it's kind of indefinite. Once you've been counted in the cap, even if it's 10 years from now before you find another you know, decide to come back on H-1B status, you can still come back 10 years later in H-1B status. Perfect. So one uh, final question though. Uh, I also have F-1 stamping uh, that is valid for five years uh, till 2025. So if I find another uh, uh, university and I get an admit for August, coming August, uh, do I still have to go for stamping or I can just directly fly based on my F-1 stamp, which I have on my current passport? Uh, I believe you might need to apply for a new stamp if you'll have a new SEVIS record. Um, because if you reapply for enrollment, since your status changed to H-1B last year, you your record would have been terminated in SEVIS um, for your previous F-1 period of stay. I believe if you have a new SEVIS record, you need to get a new visa stamp, but I'm not absolutely sure on that, actually. Um, so you may need to consult with the um, school on that. Venkata Krishna, Venkata Krishna, you need to unmute yourself. Uh, okay. Uh, hi. Uh, good morning. Uh, hi. Uh, I'm planning. My question is, uh, I'm planning to come to US on May H1B visa. So shall I continue to run my payroll in India here uh, because I need to support three to four months uh, to the current employee? So will there be any issues in this in the case of immigration or uh, legal kind of thing? If I run three to four months there. Uh, so you're coming to the U.S. in May for the first time to join on H-1B? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, and you're working for the company right now in India. Which company are you working for in India? Like an unrelated company to your H-1B employer or are they like related? Yes, unrelated. Unrelated? Unrelated. Okay, sorry, you're breaking yeah. up a bit, but um, different employer, yeah. So if the if they are keeping you on payroll, as in you know, it's just uh, pay for kind of if that is their normal practice, then that's fine. But technically, once you come into the U.S. on H-1B status, you're not authorized to work for any company besides your H-1B employer. 
Um, that includes any companies outside the U.S. So you wouldn't be able to work remotely for your Indian company while you're physically here in the U.S. on H-1B status. Um, USCIS still considers that uh, a violation of the H-1B visa. So um, if it's just, if they're just depositing money into your account because of you know, their payroll is like 30 days out from, you know, the last day of employment or something like that. If it's payment for services that you performed in India, that's fine. But um, you wouldn't be authorized to work remotely for the Indian company while physically in the U.S. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I have another question. Like, uh, uh, if I, uh, shall I schedule a H4 interview for my wife or kid before I travel to U.S.? It's not necessary. Um, so you don't have to accompany them to the interview necessarily. It's pretty common for, you know, the H-1B visa holder to come to the U.S. first and then the H-4 um, family members go for visa stamping on their own while the H-1B visa holder is here in the U.S. That's fine. Either way is fine. Either? Yeah, uh, sorry, actually. Um, hi, Rebecca. Uh, so hi. I have one question. My uh, daughter and son H4 approval notice like I7, I797. Uh, I misplaced her last in my house itself. But uh, can I go to the visa stamping um, like uh, with my approval, H1B uh, approval notice? So you're going to get the H4 visa stamped for your children? Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, they do not need the H4 I-797 approval notice when going for visa oh. stamping because um, all they will need is uh, a copy of your H-1B approval notice um, okay. and the certificate. So original oh. birth certificate, but um, the I-797 approval notice for your H-1B, it can be the original or the copy. Uh, I don't have even copy also. Some, some, somehow I, I did not take the picture, but uh, only the approval. Approval notice is not there, but applied one is there. Uh, so you will need the approval notice for your H-1B. Um, if yeah. you okay. don't have that anymore, then um, you can check with your company. They should have a copy of it that they can provide no, you. No, I have mine. Uh, only okay. my That's all children. you need. Yeah. Okay. You don't need thank their you. H-4 approval notice. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you. Mohit? Sure. Uh, hi, Rebecca. Hi. So um, I have a question. I've been recently uh, laid off and I've applied for a COS from H1 to H4, which is in pending state right now. Okay. So I had a few questions that I've posted in the uh, the notes. Uh, I recently saw the tweet that uh, says that yeah. a pending I-539 uh, can actually can be accelerated by uh, you know a subsequent uh, H1B that is filed. So I does the 539, it, it specifically says something about B1 and B2. Does it also apply to H4? Um, did you already apply for it? Oh, uh, yes. Okay. And it listed H4 on the I-539? Yeah, yes, yes. I applied okay. uh, sometime before second to, uh, 20th of March. So. Okay. Yeah, the I-539... Um, one I-539 can only be submitted with a single visa status request. So that I-539 will only be good for an H-4 change of status. If you wanted to change to B-1, B-2, you would need to submit a new I-539 with that request. But I would say that um, 
you, unless for some reason your spouse is also um, in danger of losing their H-1B job and, you know, so that your H-4 is no longer valid, I would say if the H-4 um, seems stable, then that is always a stronger visa status than B-1, B-2. We know that USCIS listed that B-1, B-2, you can um, be job searching on that status. And that's true, but you can also do that on H-4. Um, and H-4 is always kind of a stronger status to be in if it's an option for you. Um, so in your situation, I probably would not bother with the B-1, B-2. You can be looking for a job while in H-4 status right now. And then, um, yeah, the um, good thing about USCIS's recent tweet was that um, even if your H-4 status is not approved by the time you get a job offer, the new company can file your H-1B change of status and just make sure you include a copy of your I-539 receipt notice for the pending H-4 and include a request in there that USCIS adjudicate both concurrently. Um, so that way you don't have to wait months for your H-4 to be approved before you can switch back to H-1B. Okay, got it. Because the immigration, like I do have an employer who was willing to actually offer me a job and they did okay. say that I was not uh, allowed to file for an I-129 along with a pending H-539. Yeah, that was, sorry, and we that. yeah, we used to say that too. And that was USCIS's practice for several years. We've seen that in the past, like when we've tried it in the past, USCIS would send an RFE on the H-1B saying, um, please provide us a copy of the H-4 approval. We can't approve this H-1B until we see the H-4 is approved. So that used to be USCIS's practice for as long as I can remember. I guess they are, and we did see a few cases in the past couple of years where UCS approved it concurrently, but they never made an official announcement until that tweet, that recent tweet. So um, now that we have clarification or kind of confirmation from UCIS that they will make an effort to do the concurrent approvals, um, I would say you can go ahead now with that H-1B change of status. Um, see if you can provide that Twitter thread to the new company. I guess to um, because they're not wrong. It used to that was the policy in the past by USCIS, but now that we have confirmation from USCIS that the H one B can be filed even if the H four is pending, try to provide that to them and see if they'll go ahead with it. Right, because the Twitter thread just specifically says B one B two, so I don't know if they would like to accept that for an H four I five three nine. It should, yeah, because an H four. I think they listed B one B two because that is sort of the more um, common scenario, you know, for people who don't have an H-4 option, that's what they switch to if they were laid off and are still job searching. Um, but the same should apply to H-4. So basically that document is still something I can send them and try to convince them to like I file an I-129. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. Hi, uh, good afternoon. Hi, go ahead. Hi. So my question is, I was previously war in F-1 visa in U.S., and uh, my visa expired uh, and moved to Canada. I started working here in Canada and I got my H-1B last in 2022 uh, lot. And I also have a valid stamping of H-1B. Okay, so currently okay. what I want to know is uh, my current company, which I'm working is, they want me to, uh, they want to extend my work permit in Canada only. Okay, so they want me to fly to India and work for them for a year one year period or something 
right so what can i do if i tell the employer in us but i haven't went into the us even once after the stamping okay so if i tell my employer in us they, what is the possibility i can um even though if they retain what is sorry even though if they revoke it or any options like that what is the possibility i can retain my h1b without going to the lottery next time when i find an employer in us okay so you got the h1b visa stamped based on the yes. approval from the lottery last year but you haven't come into the us using that yes. h1b yet okay and then now for I guess different reasons you may not be able to come in for the next year or so, and you're worried that the H1 US H1B employer will withdraw the H1B because you haven't come in to work for them. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Correct. Yes. Um, yeah. Even if they withdraw it, because you've got the H1B visa stamped, you are considered counted in the H1B lottery. So okay. um, if there's a in the future another company that's willing to file your H1B, then you would not need to go through the lottery again. Okay. Okay. That's fine. And what, what if, if I just come in for one day or two days and leave the country like uh, to India, will that be so like that means, so the reason why I'm saying is I have a I, I-94 generator. So in future, I have a proof that I was on H1B status. Like, is it okay to do that or? That is fine, but I would say it's not really necessary. Um, the regulation is pretty clear that in order to be considered counted in the cap, you need to either, there are two options, either um, be in the US for at least one day in H-1B status or get the H-1B visa stamp in your passport. Um, okay. so since you have the visas, and we've done cases exactly like that in the past where um, the person never stepped into the US, but they had the H-1B visa stamp and we apply for them um, outside the lottery and it's fine, it's, yeah. So if you are planning to come in anyway for some, well, if you're planning to come in but not work for the US company here, um, then I probably would advise against it actually because um, when you're coming in on H-1B, you're telling the border official that your purpose for coming in is to work for this H-1B employer. If that's not really your intent and you depart, you know, very soon afterwards, then that could even, that could cause more problems actually, if they think that you misrepresented your intention when coming into the U.S. So it's not really necessary. You have the visa stamp in the passport. That's enough to, um, to prove you were counted in the cap. Um, I can take one more question. Relax me. Yeah. Uh, hi, Rebecca. Uh, my question is like uh, my I-485 was applied 180 days ago um, with approved I-140 uh, under EB2 uh, condition. And when the final action date was current at that time. Uh, but at that time, uh, my EAD is not applied. Uh, I'm still continuing on H-1B. So in the current situation, uh, if something happens to my current job, uh, what would be my status? Like how long uh, can I stay without a job? Um... Uh, so technically the pending I-485 keeps you in a period of authorized stay in the US if you are laid off from your current employer. So the absence of the H-1B on its own wouldn't put you out of status. Um, the, the main issue would be that in order to keep the I-485 alive and processing, um, technically the rule is that 
you need to always have a job offer for the same or similar occupation that's described in your I-140 petition. So if you, um, now that it's been 180 days since your I-45 was filed, you could at any time now switch to a different employer um, as long as the job they're offering you are, is same or similar to the one described in the I-140 petition. Um, there isn't really a uh, grace period for that job offer. There's supposed to be a continuing job offer. Um, but in order to join that new company, you would need to get an H-1B transfer. Um, so the main thing would be, yeah, um, if you are laid off, at least at this point, it's 180 days. So the I-485 can still be um, continued as long as you find another employer, but you'll have to find them pretty quickly. And they would need to be willing to file an H-1B transfer for you as well as, um, you know, be willing to file an uh, J supplement for the AC-21. They don't necessarily have to file the J supplement proactively, but they should be willing to file the J supplement if needed. So how soon should I uh, inform USCS or uh, file that uh, I-485J from the new employer? So USCIS hasn't really been requiring that the J supplement for the new employer be filed um, at the time of joining or even shortly after joining. Some companies the past couple of years just had a policy that they would not provide the J supplement unless USCIS asked for it in the form of an RFE or an in-person interview. Um, so that's fine. Um, if there isn't really a time frame on when the J supplement needs to be filed, I would say. If the company is willing to do it, then they can go ahead and file it at the same time they file the H-1B transfer. Oh, 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 okay. One last question. Like, um, so can I apply for I I-485 EAD with H-4 yeah. status? Uh, so it's unrelated to the H-4, um, but yeah, I was going to recommend that if you haven't filed for the EAD based on your I-485 yet, just go ahead and file for it. Um, there's no DHS filing fee associated with it. Um, it's a pretty simple form. You can, you know, have the attorney that filed your I-485 help you with it, or um, you can do it on your own. Um, just go ahead and apply for the I-765 and I-131 applications for the EAD and AP. Um, mm -hmm based on your pending uh, I-485. They may not be approved for some months because there's no premium processing for the EAD and AP and USCIS has been taking a while, but um, it's just better to have the EAD um, so that if there is a, you know, you need to change jobs quickly, the EAD is easier to do that. Yeah, while it is pending, like once it is applied, um, uh, if I cannot find a new employer, um, uh, what will happen? Like uh... the new employer, well, yeah, I probably would just try to find a new employer as soon as possible, um, and yeah, and have them file the H one B transfer as soon as possible. But you won't go out of status immediately since the I forty five is still pending there. Okay. Um, okay, so we'll have to close the conference here for today. Um, if you were unable to ask your question for today, um, our next conference will be tomorrow at 3.30 Central Time. You can also uh, schedule a consultation with one of the attorneys in our office through our website, rnlawgroup.com. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to Ready and Newman Daily Podcast. We sincerely hope that you've taken something valuable out of it. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. For more information or if you want to make an appointment, check out our websites, rnlawgroup.com and immigrationgirl.com. Have an awesome day. Thank you.